The following is a production that is aired as a live stream to multiple locations. The following is a production that is aired as a live stream to multiple locations on Sunday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time and re-released as a podcast. You may experience a moment of silence at the beginning of the audio podcast release. The following live broadcast is a production of Diakonos Independent Ministries of Maryland. In Christ, we are a kingdom. In this kingdom are many villages, and each of these villages do things in their own way, but still pay allegiance to the same King. This ministry is all about bringing a stronger connection to this kingdom, Christ's kingdom. One family, one unit, one mighty force of salvation under God's providence. We are the Akinus. We thank you for joining us, for our Sunday afternoon message. Did you know God expects his followers to be fishermen? That's right. Fishermen. Let's join Pastor Steve as he shares this week's Sunday afternoon message titled, Fishing Season. The Christian Mission.
Okay, well, there we go. My apologies on that. Apparently, we had the, the wrong microphone set up. So anyway, I'll start again. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Pastor Steve Huffmeister, and I welcome you to our Sunday afternoon message. Uh, we um, started doing something new this week. Our message is now going to be available um, outside of being a live stream. We're, we've started sending recorded versions of our message to Anchor FM and to Spotify. And we discovered when we started um, sending the cast, the recorded version of it, to these platforms that it allows us to also release it as an audio podcast. And that audio podcast is going to be going out to, uh, let's see, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, um, where else, where else, where else, uh, Stitcher. Uh, there's like there's like five or six different places it's going to go. Google Podcasts eventually is going to be carrying it, uh, but that hasn't started transferring yet. But uh, bless you, Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, it hasn't quite gotten all the way into full flourishing yet, but you'll be able to find our Sunday afternoon messages on various audio podcast providers as well as a video version on Anchor FM and Spotify, as well as our website and Facebook, YouTube, our usual locations. So we've expanded our reach a little bit. Our, our tree is growing just a little bit in the whole online aspect, and we're hoping to do a little more growing locally as well here over the next couple months. So that's about it for announcements. Let's... um. Go ahead and get started into talking about today's message. Have you ever planted a garden or worked on a farm worked in a farm field? Well, I know I never worked in a farm field, but I sure in the summertime lugged a lot of water jugs across our small two acre rural lot here where I live um, to mom's garden. Um, I also used to go fish in a small pond back out in the fields. And I wasn't very good at it, but I kept trying. What I learned while writing this sermon uh, this week is how much that struggle to lug those gallon jugs of water and the trial and error of fishing is how it compares now to the effort I've put into learning about God and preparing to share God with others. Christian growth and the growth of Christ's church is much like farming or tending a garden. And more so, we're expected to get our fishing license. And today we're going to look at how the Bible explains this. I know you're thinking fishing license. Where are you going with this, Pastor Steve? But you'll see. You'll see, I promise. But let's open with prayer. Glorious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful spring day that you have given us today. Father, we thank you for bringing us together here online to 
pay worship to you, to learn about your word, learn about your glory, and to spread that glory to all those that we can reach. Father, open our hearts and open our minds as we delve into your word and understand the teachings of your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus, <clears throat> in the beginning of his ministry, when he was gathering his initial disciples, you know, the twelve that most of us know so well, um, starts this concept of gathering and growth. And he meets two fishermen named Simon, who will later be called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And this happens in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, which we look at here. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Now, if you look at other versions, of the, it'll say, Come and I'll show you how to be fishers of men. Well, the new internet, or not new international, pardon me. The new living translation, or translation that we like to use, calls uh, says, "I will teach you, how, or I will show you how to fish for people." Well, fishing is not quite farming in the same respect as it is harvesting. But for our discussion today, we're going to group farming and harvesting. And all that into the same concept. These two men would not be the only fishermen Jesus would call to his service. As we read in Matthew chapter 4 verse 21. A little further up the shore he saw two other brothers. James and John. Sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee. Repairing their nets. And he called them to come. I'm sorry. And he called to called them to come to. Let me reread that. Just for the sake of clarity. That being that I stumbled all over it. A little further up the shore. He saw two other brothers. James and John. Sitting in a boat. With their father. Zebedee. Repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus didn't call on the well-educated or those who were wealthy. He built his trusted confidants from common men. Several of these men were not exactly what you would call influential. And some were even looked down on within the communities they lived. But like a good fisherman, Jesus knew that no matter how ugly a fish might look on the outside, the good part is what is under the skin. Granted, a fisherman might catch some that are not suitable for 
cooking into a fabulous dish, but would rather be used as bait in a matter of speaking. What I mean by this is the example of Judas Iscariot, which we discussed during our Easter message, the one who betrayed Jesus. If Jesus did not know of a greater purpose for Judas as a fisherman, he probably would have thrown him back in the river. But instead, he would become bait in a sense to bring about the foretold crucifixion. We know Jesus loved to teach by sharing parables or stories and comparisons to other things. So let's look at a few of these today and we'll bring our farming and fishing theme into focus. Let's start in Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 through 30. Jesus here is uh, talking about his parable of the weeds. Uh, starting in verse 24. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest, then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them in the bundles, and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. Okay, I got a little ahead. Uh oh. Wow, I'm just having all sorts of technical problems here today. My, my apologies. I'm hitting all the wrong buttons. Alright, so I'm sorry. There was a first part. There's a second part. I apologize for my stumbles here today. We were using... We've made some software changes as we prepare for our new studio space on the other side of the room here. And I'm using a different control to switch these uh, various scenes for you to read. And I'm apparently having a learning curve, so my deepest apologies. Alright, so where do we pick up at? Okay. You might read or hear this and say, huh? What is Jesus talking about here? Well, you're not alone in thinking this. Okay. Later, Jesus' disciples would come to him in Matthew chapter 13, 36 through 43, and ask for a better explanation on this parable of the weeds. And that reads in our next section of scripture. 
Then, leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, when you hear gnashing of teeth, gnashing of teeth is, you know, when you're in pain. Think about when you're in pain. You know, what do you do? You clump, you crimp your jaw. You know, you're like, you know, that that's gnashing of teeth. That's what that means. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. That's Matthew thir- chapter 13, 36 through 43. Matthew 13, 36 through 43 should clarify the parable quite well. But as you see, Jesus uses farming here to describe what is to come. We the people are the crop. Jesus is the farmer. Angels will be the field workers. The weeds are everything that causes sin and all who do evil. The furnace, well, that's hell itself. Pretty straight to the point when you unwrap it. But Jesus knew that coming out and saying this straight would not be digested as well by those who those he was addressing. If he didn't wrap it in a captivating story wrapper or what we call an illustration. This would not be the only farming related parable Jesus would teach with. Let's read Mark chapter 4. Verses 30 through 32. Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of the garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus 
is saying here that the kingdom of God grows like a mustard seed. The smallest action for Christ's glory can flourish into a strong tree. And in that tree, branches grow that extend God's or extend Christ's kingdom even further. Giving shelter and love to the birds, those who need Christ, and provides the shade of forgiveness they need to conquer their sin. Pretty intense how a small parable about a seed can pack such a punch, huh? But that was how Jesus taught. He engaged thought. And he still engages thought through the blessing of the Bible. But catching fish and planting in the field were not all Jesus used. Jesus would also use the aspects of farming fruit and livestock as well, which we see in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Jesus, as you can see, does not pull any punches, even in his parables. He talks about sheep and looking out for wolves. The sheep are, of course, those who follow and believe Christ. But he warns of vicious wolves, which are false prophets. And false teachers. And yes my friends. They are out there. This is why I always urge. Anyone who finds. Faults in my teaching. To speak up. Because I am human. And I am capable of error sometimes. And I want to correct any errors. Because to teach something wrong. Would trouble me greatly. I see bad and misguided teaching all the time, especially on the internet. And I don't mean differences in denominational doctrine. I mean flat out distortion of scripture. So, be vigilant God's people. Read the scripture. Study what a teacher, including myself, gives you and digest it further on your own time. If you find that teaching to be against scripture, then it's your duty as a Christian to bring it to light and shine a spotlight on a potential 
lurking wolf. But do so gently. Because sometimes the teachers are just in need to be taught more themselves. But even terrible teachers can be made to look like good ones. So pay close attention. After all, there is an old saying that says, Anything can be made to grow if you bury it in enough fertilizer. Think about that one for a minute. Anything can be made to grow if you bury it in enough fertilizer. I don't know who the original source of that was, but that was one of my, fa my late father's favorite sayings. and That's radiated quite a bit through my life. If, but if you take the time to rake back that fertilizer to expose the roots, you'll find that they are fairly thin and quite weak. Jesus would also speak of fruit trees. Good trees and bad trees. Good trees can't produce bad fruit. Those are Jesus' words. What did Jesus mean by this? Let, let's take a look at it a little deeper. Good trees are God's people, or a group of God's people. The church. Living to glorify God, acknowledging that they are imperfect and rely on Jesus for forgiveness. There's no such thing as a perfect Christian. I don't care who you are, there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. They teach or preach with confidence and solid study. You know, I mean, anyone can look at the Bible and put their own agenda to the words. But the, the key to properly teaching and preaching is to look at the deeper meanings of the word. To study what it says and not what you want it to say. That's what I mean by solid study. Or in theological terms, uh, like they taught me in school, you know, that, that's called... Um, Hermeneutics, hermeneutics, and exergesis. I didn't say extra Jesus, I said exergesis. And that's seeing how everything connects together, that where the scriptures connect together and what they're actually saying versus the verbatim words on the page. Moving on, bad trees can't produce good fruit. And Bad trees are those who deny God or are hollow in their intentions, the, the wolves in sheep's clothing, if you will. You know, they distort scripture to suit their agenda. They talk about God sharing things that are not true to scripture. They flat out deny God and the glory of Jesus Christ. They misunderstand God and Jesus Christ because of bad teaching that they have accepted. Or they have watched, you know, this is my own little ad lib here, but, or they've watched way too many movies and TV and have a distorted perception. And what I mean by that is you'll see things like on the History Channel and Science Channel or whatnot talking about back in biblical times that might look right from an archaeological standpoint or that aspect that don't exactly line up scripturally or to what is an acceptable Christian perspective on the matter. 
Um, you also, you know, you have movies, and I, I'm not gonna call out movies by name because I find that I find that uncouth. Um, but you know, you, you know, you've seen them. You know, you know they're out there that that distort the concept of Jesus Christ, consort the or distort the concept of God, and um, you know that they can warp your perceptions. And I've talked to many people that have based their perceptions of God and Jesus Christ on these movies that have just totally gone out the left field. And sadly, this these bad trees, they also include those who just don't know Jesus Christ because they've never had him shared with them. They have no concept. They only know what they're hearing from people who are telling it wrong. Who aren't teaching it right. And it's not that they want to misunderstand. No one's told them what is right. So they automatically take what is wrong as being right. And unfortunately, they get mixed up in that same batch with the bad trees. They get bound in those same bushels and thrown into the fire. And, you know, that, that, that saddens my heart. And... Bad trees are just as the weeds. They're chopped down and thrown in a fire. You know, like we just said, you know, they're, they're, that's where they end up. And we already understand that that fire is hell. Jesus could not be any clearer here. Twice he shared that those who do not recognize the Christian life in faithful, faithfulness to Jesus Christ will not be given the same treatment as those that do. They will be thrown into the fire like a weed. As Christians, though, we are expected to be similar to the angels, God's field workers. We are expected to reach out, finding new plants to add to God's fields. We are to reach out to non-believers those who need and the those who are in need, those that are suffering, and share with them the glory of Christ. This brings us to what is known as the Great Commission. That crucial moment in Scripture where Jesus issues issues us our fishing license to fish for people, and we read this in Mark chapter sixteen. Verses 15 through 18. And then he told them, Go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. Not just your neighbors, not just your family, not just the people that are sitting in your church or gather at your home for Bible study. It says, Preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. And they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. 
They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Now, wait a minute. Handle snakes and drink poison? Well, now let's not get carried away here. I'm not saying go out and start juggling snakes or drinking poison with your dinner. And I'm not, content, not condemning anyone who may see this differently. But what this scripture is saying is those who believe are under God's protection. Evil is also fearful of those who are loyal to Christ. So it goes without saying that believers can cast out demons in Jesus' name. You don't need a special exorcist or some special person to do this. All It is an every focused and dedicated believer to look at someone and say, Demon, be gone. We have that power through Christ. So, you know, and, and, and speaking in new languages is also documented in the Bible. And some believers practice speaking in tongues. And some believers, um, you know, believe that they can lay on hands and bring about healing. And there's nothing wrong with this if that is something you do to glorify God. But the core importance in this scripture are the words, Go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Okay? Jumping back to the snakes and poison thing for a minute. And as this isn't just another ad lib here that I'm throwing in. What that portion of the scripture is saying is we have power in Christ. Okay? Juggling snakes. Uh, I don't believe in my study that when it says juggling snakes, it's literally talking about snakes. It means that you're able to negotiate evil. You know, the devil made himself appear as a serpent to Eve. Okay, as a snake to Eve. Well, Eve didn't, didn't exactly juggle that snake very well. She didn't exactly handle that snake very well. She let that snake lead her down the wrong way. And I believe the scripture... Is saying, you know, is handling snakes with safety is you can negotiate evil. You can get around it. You can tell it, you know, no, I'm not buying into this. Drinking poison. Okay, when it's talking about drinking poison, I think that's talking about bad teaching. You know, you're not drinking in the poison of a bad teacher. You're not listening to someone tell you about scripture and tell you about Jesus Christ, or watching a movie, or watching something on television that's poisoning your mind with things that are inaccurate. Um, I, I, that I believe you can reference back to the drinking of poison. Okay, so I just wanted to get that off my chest before we continued on. That sometimes what is written in print in the Bible, you have to look deeper at the words you can't read it like a book you have to delve into 
the deeper meanings of what Jesus said in these parables and in these scriptures. Okay, so once again, drinking poison isn't exactly drinking drain cleaner. Drinking poison is accepting teaching and misinterpretation of scripture. That is drinking poison. So, moving on to... Anyway... <laughs> I got on a side rant there, but I hope I hope that side rant help the side rant helps to clarify that section because there's a lot of people who misinterpret that whole snake and poison thing, and I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't explain that deeper for the sakes of the safety of God's people. We need to champion. Fishing for Christ. Okay? We get our fishing license. God gave us our fishing license with the Great Commission. And we need to be willing to reach out where Jesus is needed. Most. And spread the word about him. To show people the love we have been given. And to share that love and that knowledge. So... In conclusion, today, God's people, I leave you with two questions to meditate on. Well, it's not really two questions. It's more of a two-part singular question. And that question today is, are you a fish or are you a fisherman? Are you a fish or are you a fisherman? If you are a fisherman, are you casting your line or throwing your net? Are you actively trying to share Jesus Christ with others? Maybe you can throw that net just a little bit further into your community by talking to your neighbors, by sharing Christ with someone at the bus stop. Make an effort this week. Make an effort to find some place new to share your faith and Christ's love. If you are a fish, are you hungry for Christ? Are you willing to be caught in Christ's net of love and protection? If you feel that pull today, we can help you make the swim toward that net. You too can get your license to fish for people and bring them to Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's message. Father, and we thank you for anyone who will take the time to hear this message, absorb your word, and be called to your service and to your glory, Lord. Father, I pray this message gives people the drive to get their fishing license, to become fish, fishermen for people, to bring them to you, Lord, to open their hearts to you, Lord. Father, I pray for the fish that may come into your nets by myself and by those who will reach out today with the charge that I've given them. Father, 
I pray that you will envelop their hearts, intrigue their minds to study your word with care and deep understanding, Lord. I pray that your fishermen will use the Bible as clean bait, Lord, for what it means to bring those to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you realized that you have a need for Jesus Christ today? Now, if you feel that need to call Jesus Christ in your life, you feel that need to be caught up in the net of Christ's love, then I encourage you to pray with me the invitation prayer that I'll be sharing here in just a moment, both on the screen, and I'll read it out loud for our podcast, our podcast friends. And that prayer, you know, that prayer is asking Jesus Christ into your life. And you're more than welcome to say this prayer that we'll provide. But I encourage you to develop your own. Make it personal. Ask Jesus, or thank Jesus rather, for opening your heart. Ask him into your life. Share your struggles, share your pain, share your fears and your troubles. And lay them at Jesus' feet in your prayer. Put it all out there. There's nothing that is too bad that Jesus can't hear if it is weighing trouble on your heart. Believe me, he's known all, he sees all. Okay, he knows your pain. Lay it at him in faithfulness. If you need help or just need someone to pray with you, then by all means reach out to us through the information we'll provide at the end of this broadcast. And we'll be glad to pray with you or connect you with someone who might be more local to you that can sit down with you. And pray with you. Because sometimes, you know, just praying over the phone with somebody just isn't, just isn't enough. And we understand that. But for those of you who want to follow, follow along, say this prayer along with me. The words are on your screen. Glorious Heavenly Father, thank you for opening my heart. I pray you will come into my life and be the guiding light I need to walk my journeys according to your will and the guidance of your word. Father, I ask that you forgive me of my sins that I may start new with your grace. Amen. If you have said this prayer with an open and solemn heart,
then I say welcome my brother or sister to the family of God. And more importantly, I'd like to invite you to make a relationship with a local Christian church in your community. They should be all about Jesus Christ dying on the cross to save us from our sins and rising again into the glory of heaven to sit at the right side of God. They should teach God's word according to the Bible. And there are many different Christian churches around the world and many different Christian worship styles. And we encourage you to find or to pray for guidance, most of all, as you search for one that makes you feel accepted and supported. So, my fellow believers and our friends seeking Christ, I hope you are sewing up the holes in your nets and restringing your fishing poles because the world sure needs sure needs you right now. And if you came to accept Jesus Christ today, then I am so glad to call you my brother and sister in Christ. Own it. You don't have to be a fancy speaker or go through some special school or share your faith or or special school to share your faith, excuse me. You can start casting your own net as well. But this is all the time that we have for today. I'm Pastor Steve Huffmeister. I thank you for joining us today. May God bless you, your family, and those who are special to you. Have a great week. Cast those nets, throw those lines, and tend your fields. God bless you. We hope you have been blessed and enjoyed today's message. We enjoy hearing from our viewers and welcome your feedback and questions. Please reach out to us by postal mail, email, online, or by phone. Help us spread God's word by subscribing to our YouTube channel. We are also available on Facebook and Twitch. Your subscription and support increase our viewership on these social media platforms. You can now find our Sunday afternoon message videos on Anchor FM and Spotify, and an audio version on many other podcast providers. Visit anchor.fm forward slash diakonosmd to visit our Anchor FM page. Don't forget to check out Pastor Steve's podcast available through Spotify and other podcast platforms. Spotify subscribers will be able to listen to full songs that Pastor Steve incorporates into his episodes, so please consider subscribing. Your continued support and donations are what give us the ability to bring you productions, such as the one you have been viewing today. Please consider donating to our ministry, so that we may continue to expand and spread God's Word and the glory of Jesus Christ in the areas we serve. We look forward to you joining us again next week for our Sunday afternoon message. On behalf of Pastor Steve, and the entire Diaconos Independent Ministries of Maryland family, we thank you again for watching, and may God bring you blessings. Thank mm-hmm. you.